Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the Monday Morning Tears fantasy football <laughs> league. I am your host from Under the Cook Tree, also known as Daniel Clay, here to talk to you in a, a bit of a delayed podcast. I apologize to everyone this week for that, uh, but we'll be talking all about the week three matchups, uh, the people who have reason for cheers, people who have reason for tears, and some interesting storylines moving forward this week. To join me on the pod, the the pod father himself, the originator of the Monday Morning Cheers cast before I had anything to do with it. I've got with me right now, why haven't you seen my dick, Mikey Campos? Mikey, how you doing? Mm-mm-mm-mm. You know what? I'm doing pretty good. And the reason is, I finally got the win I deserve. So, yeah. I, I, I have a feeling you're going to be happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> No, things are going good. Things are lovely. I had a beach day on Sunday in the end of September, so who can complain, right? You know, that sounds really nice, considering uh, I showed you in the the, the thread the other day that there's like a, uh, it was snowing the other day in Kazan. So it's been September 24th, and we've already had our first snowfall. uh, And it was deeply depressing, and I hate you. (laughs) Yeah, I should have rubbed it in your face, actually, when I was there. I would have deserved it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and I'm, I'm glad you came in with the hip-hop horn as well, because we're, we're getting a stable of everyone's kind of sound drops. I've got a Victor hip-hop horn. Now I've got a U hip-hop horn. This is, this is going to be a good uh, rotation, I think. Yeah, I think if everyone has their own entrance, just like if we were like a rotating uh, batting for the Blue Jays, we should all have our separate entrances. And potentially, like, we should actually have that, like, and get original ones too, you know? It'd be pretty cool. Moving forward, I'll, I'll try and make that happen. I'll try and make the editing magic happen. Uh, so, Mikey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to start us off here. You had a good matchup this week against Danny. Uh, you were able to topple him down uh, 105 to 88, something along those lines. Yeah, 105 to 88. Uh, talk to us about how you went through your week. Uh, yeah, so uh, just to start off, I was really bitter about week two. Um I felt like my team performed pretty well in week two and literally lost to Nick's team by 0.28 of a point. And largely because Najoku went down in the first quarter with his concussion and wrist injury. Uh, it was just disappointments. All he had to do is, you know what? If you're going to get concussed and you're going to go down, at least hold the fucking ball. Hold the ball. Give me that 0.5 of a point so I can win the week, you know? Uh, so a little bit of bitter- bitterness there, but uh, moving on to the week three, uh, I'm happy that I was able to get the W with Danny. Uh, but it was kind of interesting because there was ups and downs. I actually started off the week by having a tremendous lead. I think it was by 20 or 30 points uh, with Hilton and Edelman going off in that first half and Tom Brady as well. But uh, it started having some worrisome because Hilton and Edelman both went down in the first quarter. Uh, with injuries and left and didn't return. Uh, so I was pretty handicapped there, and Danny kind of made a little bit of a comeback and made it tight. But uh, some of his players at the end just didn't perform, like Hopkins didn't get a touchdown, only, I think only 67 yards. Rogers underperformed, only getting him 13 points. Jacobs and Barber, both his running backs, uh, completely didn't perform, not even barely a combination of 10 points between both running backs. And then kind of like my traditional player, Greg Olson kind of just like stole the show for me at the end, letting me... Uh, Shout out to the victory. corner for, for dropping uh, Greg Olson. Yeah, the I- ironic part was uh, Greg Olson was dropped by, uh, by Andre, and then he picked up uh, What's-His-Face, that doesn't even matter anymore, from Detroit for 50 fab dollars just recently dropped now he is no longer on andre's team 
Yeah, so, and it's ironic because in the joke who I just dropped for Olsen, that was ironically there. And now Olsen is doing his old man power magic right now and, like, looks like he can play as, like, a top five, top six tight end as long as he yeah. stays healthy. So kudos to Andre for giving me that. I really appreciate That's big help for me. But, yeah, I think uh, it was a good week overall. And I think my team is a little bit more on the upside. Uh, the reason why I say is that even though Hilton and Edelman both went out to injury, Edelman has been practicing so far this week and his x-rays came back negative, so he's good to go. Hilton just re-aggravated his quad, so even at worst, if he does miss this week, he will be okay for the next week. And uh, to be honest with uh, Brissett throwing to Hilton, it hasn't affected him. He's still the WR2 that you know I drafted him to be. And I think it's on the upside. Uh, I think Devontae Adams is only going to get better from here on out, and Brady's been looking like he's playing back in 2013 and not uh, as his 42-year-old body is telling him to be. Uh, yeah. So it's not as bad as what I thought it would be. You really enjoy reminding me. You really like telling me all the time about how good Tom Brady is playing and making me sound like an idiot. Yeah, and just for the record, for everybody that's listening, I didn't even draft him. I actually rage quitted in the draft towards the end. And when I went back, I saw Tom Brady as my quarterback. So he was out there for anybody to take. And, and there he was just waiting for you. Match, match made in heaven. It was. It really was. I think he just saw that Edelman was already on my squad, and he was like, "Fuck everyone else. I'm joining my boy." And I think he was. That's how it happened. It was match made in heaven. He felt really offended that Kimber didn't pick him up and just kind of went with the first hookup he could find. Yeah, I'm really surprised Kimber didn't draft Gronk. You know, I thought he would have just been like a bench stash for him because you never know, right? I still always think Kimbert's going to try and bid on Brett Favre. I still keep waiting to see that show up in our draft, but I haven't recently. <laughs> Ironically, uh, Brett Favre would have really uh, benefit, like he would really compliment my team of it being why haven't you seen my dick? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with his scandals. Oh, what a guy. So, Mikey, it sounds like you think you have reason to cheer this week. Is there any other team that you think has a reason to cheer, a reason to celebrate for a, a good week and good prospects moving forward? Well, I can definitely say Tony this week, he put up a good amount of points. Uh, he won his week 128 to 94. And oh, the reason I why I would give him... Oh, I know, you know. It was against you. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I will give it to him is because I felt like there was probably some worrisome for his team uh, going into this week going forward. Uh, primarily with, like, Drew Brees going down. Like, you don't know how much that would have affected Alvin Kamara's play going forward. Uh, Joe Mixon has been struggling too off the gate of the season so far. I know he had a bit of that injury going on and lingering around. But clearly this week, uh, it showed Kamara is not affected whatsoever uh, by Drew Brees. Again, it's only one week. We don't know how it's going to be the next six weeks going forward. But Kamara put up tremendous numbers like he usually does, uh, 92 through the air, 69 on the ground with a touching rush, uh, touchdown, uh, which led his team with 32 points. Uh, but more importantly, it was Joe Mixon coming back to where he should be with 16 points, you know, 60 on the ground with a receiving touchdown there. Um, so that was nice to see. But also yeah. for Ingram, his tight end, uh, now that Jones is, is starting quarterback, you know, we weren't sure, you know, how that's going to affect the receivers or the, or the gameplay in general. Uh, but man, Jones uh, looks strong throughout the air. You know, he used his feet to get his two touchdowns, but it's definitely going to be an upside as opposed to the aging Eli Manning. So his team, I would definitely say, even though they performed really well this week, I would say he wouldn't have as much to worry about some of the starting players going forward. Um, so kudos to Tony. 
uh, for getting his, I believe, is his, yeah, his first win as well, and at least looking better than what he did throughout the first two weeks. Yeah, Tony had a, a really big bounce back week with a lot of guys that I think, you know, that we expected to perform well, performing a lot better here. Ty Lockett had a pretty big breakout game. He was a guy I loved a lot before the start of the season, kind of getting those ex- all those targets and receptions from Russell Wilson from a Seattle team that looks like it's going to have to throw a lot because their defense kind of sucks. Kamara having a great game. And as a side note, uh, anytime you can 69 on the ground, I think you're having a good day. Uh, so that's you know always a good thing and like you said evan ingram coming up big with daniel jones he's got all the talent in the world so i uh, think he should be very happy with evan ingram moving forward and it was of course it was after i came on the podcast talking shit saying that i was going to win the week i i come in and lose by 30 plus points it uh, it serves me right and i will continue to disregard my own advice and talk more shit on the podcast every single week uh it's just one of those weeks you know your team did put up decent numbers but just not enough it was it was a disappointing week if i'm not gonna lie like you know i kind of wanted a bit more from kyler murray against a bit of a battered carolina secondary i was hoping that the tennessee defense would give me a little something uh tyler boyd george kittle i'm I'm hope i was hoping for a little more but you know when you have huge games like kamara and lockett and engram did it's it's going to be hard to win any week Oh, yeah, 100%. And I just took a look at his bench as well, and his bench went off. Uh, like Scantling getting 18 points. Uh, Hooper, tight end, 21 points, which is crazy. That Whatever tight end he was going to put in, they were going to do well. Um, even Jameis Winston, 25 points through the air for Winston. That's uh, really good as well. So even if he was going to plug in anybody on his bench except for Cohen, like he would have done well this week. Yeah, there was. it looks like there was basically no chance for me to do well. Uh, But you know what? That's okay. We come back next week and and we hope for better. Now, moving on to my pick for someone with reason for tears. It it hurts me deeply to say this. It it cuts me to my core. But we're going to give my reason for cheers to the champions here, Andre Sedek. Yeah. um, Unfortunately, this is uh, the saddest part of the podcast because for some other reason, we are talking about Andre's team and not being a shitty way. Here. It's it's really a depressing time when we have to say something nice about Andre. And I'm a little bit disappointed. I tried to pry Mike Evans from him last week. I tried really, really hard to get Mike Evans on my team, but he didn't he didn't falter and then he goes off for 41 points. So I felt pretty pretty butthurt about that. Uh, but literally everyone, all the wide receivers on that team went off this Julio, Thielen, and Evans combined for about, what is that, 83 points just on their own, let alone Dak Prescott and the running backs having average games. Uh, TJ Hawkinson putting up a strong .6 points, though. Uh, nice, solid one reception for one yard. Uh, very, very great pickup by Andre there. Good spend of fab dollars. Uh, but <laughs> moving forward, <laughs> like those wide receivers are going to do well for him. They might be able, they, they could carry him to a bunch more victories like this. And, and Andre's probably got some reason to feel real good right now. Uh, yeah, for sure, 100%. I actually think that his quarterback, Dask Prescott, is probably right now the most improved quarterback uh, this season. Um, I think he actually is a great pickup for him. He's been showing really good numbers so far. His connection with Cooper is uh, obviously amazing at the moment. And I think when Michael Gallup gets back on the field, he'll have the one-two punch that he needs with Elliott in the back. And Prescott's showing what... He's showing this season what 
his potential was when they drafted him. It might have took a couple of years, but I think he's getting there. Well, the thing with um, Prescott, yeah, undeniably, always, always been with Prescott. Like, however Zeke goes, so Prescott goes. Like, if Zeke is in the lineup, Prescott tends to be lights out, and that was kind of the risk for Prescott coming into the season because we didn't know if Zeke was going to come play or not. But you know, Zeke reporting week one back in the lineup. Dak is doing what he's always done. I remember when I nearly won my bet with Danny, Dak still had a great year, and I only lost that year because Zeke got injured. So I, yeah. it, it's not super surprising to me to see Dak go off, but you're right. He's really kind of showing that he's an upper echelon fantasy quarterback who probably deserves to get paid a lot of money in the offseason. Yeah, like last season, I think he fell outside of like a top 12 quarterback and more into the middle tier but i think the way he's playing so far this year he's undeniably in like the top 10 probably the lower end of it um but he's really showing that he is very fantasy relevant now and again it is very reliable on if zeke is playing 100 percent, i agree but i think cooper bearing uh cooper being there is definitely complimenting him as well um the only thing i would say is i I 100 agree with his wide receivers it can lead him to the playoffs for sure uh, with Jones, Evans, and Thielen. It's like a triple-headed dragon pretty much. But I am a little bit worrisome actually right now regarding his running backs. Um, and I only say is because Sony Michel, who's his RB1 at the moment, is struggling a lot this season. And it might not be – I'm not worried about him being like one of the worst numbers right now for yards per carry, which is, I think – out of all eligible running backs, like the last one, I believe. It's more of just the game script. Right now, like New England Patriots game script is they have not even uh, had to play a snap from behind. They have led every single second in every game they've played. And they've kind of gone back to an offense a couple of years ago where they actually throw through the air more than, than usual, which kind of you think would benefit Sony Michelle because they would want to run the ball and run the clock. But it's actually the opposite. He's been getting less snap counts this year than he has last year and uh, red zone touches. And with the mix of his yards per carry being pretty low, um, it just seems like there's some concern with him going forward this season. Uh, hopefully that changes for his benefit, um, but we'll see what happens. But after three weeks, I'd be a little concerned for Michelle um, as where he was drafted or where the, his potential is supposed to be. He's kind of playing a lot more to his floor as opposed to his ceiling. Um, and then when you look at his running backs behind him that he has, David Montgomery, for example, Coleman still being injured, uh, Davis in Chicago as well. He's kind of struggling to find a solidified RB2 there. So his running backs going forward is a little bit of a concern. He might have to potentially make a trade for one of his dragons to get a pretty consistent running back in his lineup if he wants to make a strong, strong push in the playoffs. But we'll see. Unless if Sony Michelle turns around here. But He's going to have some work on his team to do, but it's definitely still looking good. Yeah, you usually assume that when you have a team that gets a lot of positive game script with the Patriots, that you're going to have someone able to run out the clock and just pound yards and, and get extra TDs that way. But the Pats have just been so dominant that they haven't even had to keep their starters on the field. So that's been problematic for Michelle's progress moving forward. And, you know, I think Andre agrees with you because he came out in the WhatsApp group this week coming out saying he wanted to trade a wide receiver for a running back. So he's he's right there on the same wavelength with you. Now, moving on from reason for cheers, we're going to look at some teams that might have some worries moving forward. Uh, and I'm going to start off with someone I have a, a bit of a personal connection to at the moment. We're going to start with Turbo Team. We're going to start with Daniel DiCarvalho. Now, reason why I chose Danny for this 
is because, you know, the, the wide receivers kind of hit their floor this week. Uh, it's not surprising. You know, that, that happens. Life goes on. But the running back position was looking pretty dicey for Danny with both the, with those KC running backs going down, Josh Jacobs having a run rough week, Peyton Barber not getting consistent action. So Danny was looking in pretty desperate need for a running back, which leads us to one of our first ever breaking trades on the podcast. This is exciting stuff, Mikey. Dun, 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 dun. So we've got uh, the, the breaking trade between myself and Danny. I am sending carry on Johnson, Curtis Samuel, and 25 fab dollars to Danny for Michael Thomas and Peyton Barber. Mikey, give me your instant reaction to that trade. Um, it's mediocre at best. Um, nothing super exciting here, to be honest with you. Nothing super exciting? I'll explain why. Obviously, the most exciting player out of both is Michael Thomas. That's going to be going your way. Um, carry on Johnson. It, it, it complements both teams. This trade is well done for both of your teams, and I'll explain why I think so. I'll explain why for Danny first. Uh, just for the simple reason of what you just explained, that his running back situation is looking scarce at best with Jacobs and Barber. You know, the situation in Tampa Bay right now is not looking good between uh, them kind of switching between Jones and Barber, who's going to lead the back there. Uh, you don't really have much of a ceiling with those running backs in Tampa Bay, but there's still a floor. Um, and for Danny, for example, yes, you got Jacobs, you got Barber, you don't have a true RB1. And then you have, he has on his bench, both uh, KC running backs and it's kind of like a toss-up right now with their injuries who's gonna play so for him you know because he has DeAndre Hopkins Michael Thomas he even has Robert Woods it's a smart move on his end to trade away Michael Thomas to grab someone more secure in the running back like Carrion Johnson um, and it kind of makes sense for him because at the moment you know he had a decent game with uh, Bridgewater under the gun but, you know, with the next six weeks or so with Breeze out, Michael Thomas might not be the ceiling of what Michael Thomas usually is. Uh, so to get those couple of weeks in and the rest of the season with a running back like carry on, it can benefit him more. As for you, for example, uh, getting a wide receiver like Michael Thomas is going to be very beneficial. I think he can still perform well for you. Uh, throughout like the weeks that Breeze is here, but you're kind of more looking into your playoffs. Like if you can make the playoffs with Breeze back, you pretty much got a steal with Michael Thomas in this trade. Peyton Barber is obviously not the ideal running back in this trade for you. It's like a trade-off. He'll probably be a bench player for you. Um, but definitely, like, the Michael Thomas is a win not now, but long-term. And it can be a big pickup. Like, this can be, like, for you, a league-winning pickup for you. And I'm talking about as long as you can get into the playoffs with your team. And when Breeze is back, he can steal the show for you in the playoffs, which can benefit you long-term. Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking a bit with the long game in mind with this because yeah, as you said, Michael Thomas might is probably going to suffer with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, but is still going to have a good kind of floor as a probably a low end wide receiver one. And then with Breeze coming back, that should boost his value. And the reason I felt comfortable with it is because I don't know if I'm just drinking too much of the Kool Aid, but I'm really hoping that Miles Sanders is going to really step in and become a, a meaningful part of that Philadelphia backfield. And maybe, just maybe, Chris Carson, if he keeps fumbling the ball away, Rashad Penny can swoop into that Seattle offense and become a guy. 
but I'm, I'm definitely going to be pretty nervous at my running back spot, my RB2 spot moving forward. But I thought a talent like Thomas, when I have a bunch of basically wide receiver twos and threes on my team, I, I wanted a clear cut wide receiver one and I wanted to be able to get him in there. And I, I just saw in the WhatsApp group now that the trade has been officially confirmed by the league. So this is an official trade now. It's in the books. We'll be starting each of these guys next week. Uh, so I think Danny and I are going to look forward to seeing our new uh, new toys come out and do some good stuff this week. Yeah, uh, uh, speaking about what you just said, I, I agree that uh, you do have, it'll be a little worrisome with your RV2 situation, but I do feel like going, if you can make it into the playoffs, there definitely will be some storyline that's gonna pretty much written uh, between with Rashad Penny there and either Sanders, like Sanders is eventually going to lead that back in the second half of the season, or he's just going to be stuck where he is in a timeshare. Uh, but I do think with the fumbling issues with Carson Penny can have the potential to take the lead there. But the, the upside of just having that number one receiver, Thomas is only going to benefit you because, you know, you still have Elshon Jeffrey, which once he comes back, he's the solidified WR one on such a high powered offense. So for you to have a one, two punch of Thomas and Jeffrey, then kind of had that flex going with Tyler Boyd, like, Tyler Boyd, you know, he's still going to do well even when A.J. Green comes back. Um, so for your end, it's definitely a good trade. It's just more of is there going to be that upside of either Sanders or Penny taking the lead in that role back there. And if they do, then I think you can make a strong push into the playoffs as long as everybody stays healthy for you. And I, and I will put it out there on the pod right now. If anyone is looking for, you know, a solid floor, low-end WR2, WR3, I'm open for business. Boyd, Moore, and Jeffrey are all on the block. So if you want to hit me up with your trade offers with your uh, running backs in mind, I'm, I'm all ears. So uh, I'm going to go quickly through our last tiers person just because I know you've got work to do and I don't want to keep you too long. I just wanted to quickly mention uh, Nick Pacheco's team as someone who might have a reason for tiers, which sounds weird coming from a team that won its week, 120 to 111. But the reason I bring him up is just because a large part of that victory was two kind of anomalous performances between from Russell Wilson and Cooper Cup, who combined together for about 60, about 69 points, which is the nicest number of points you can get. But I, I have a hard time seeing that repeating moving forward. And the concern with kind of James Conner's volume going down, Derek Henry kind of having a, a low, uh, not really having much of a ceiling. Godwin really suffered this week. I think there may be some worries out there in uh, Nick Pacheco land. Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. And actually more just based off his running back situation. Um, he drafted Connor to be his uh, WR1 and to be in a league, uh, like a W, uh, sorry, an RB1. Um, but with Big Ben going down and then the absence of AB not being there, um, we're really seeing this high-powered Steelers offense not be so high-powered anymore. And you can see how it's really affecting Connor. Connor's snap count actually has significantly decreased this year compared to last year. Last year, he was about 81%. And I think through, through the first three weeks, he hasn't even seen a higher volume of 61% in snap count. Um, so his numbers went down. Game script isn't going their way, which benefits a running back like Connor. So if this is the way that the offense is going to be running and game script is going to be for Pittsburgh, it's the ceiling for Connor has just significantly dropped, which he's still going to be okay. But for what he was drafted for, he's not going to hit what the expectations are. And I agree with Henry. Henry, 
he's very mediocre. Uh, he's going to be very touchdown dependent uh, this year. Like if you look at his numbers, not many rushing yards. He's relying on those, heavily on those touchdowns to get him to his uh, standard of 10 to 12 to 13 points. Um, and unfortunately, he can't rely on touchdowns. Nobody can rely on touchdowns on a week-to-week basis. So I think he's going to struggle there a little bit with his running back situation. Um, with his wide receivers, you know, Cooper Cup is ideally good. And I think he's going to be good throughout the season. And when Tyreek Hill finally comes back, he'll have him as well. And just to mention, by the way, Jackson uh, being on his bench running back with now the talks of Melvin Gordon finally uplifting his hold and he's going to be eligible probably to play as of week five is going to completely knock Jackson out of fantasy relevance. It's going to be just a him and Eckler show. Uh, so he'll probably be dropped. So he's going to have some working around to do, maybe get lucky on the waiver wire somewhere or have to make a trade, but I definitely would be a little bit worried about his team. More on the running back side than, than anything. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I love that that hot fire stat, 61% snap rate. I didn't even have that. Mikey, Mikey bringing the stats out. I love it. You know, uh, I, I was lagging a little bit uh, on preseason with my stats, but I've definitely been educating myself throughout the week to try to get my own team up and running since it was such a huge disappointment at draft for me. Um, right. But yeah. Uh, no, I definitely think that there's some concern there. But going forward with this team, at least he jumped to a start of 2-1. and one. You know, it's still a little bitter about the point two eight victory over me. But, you know, it happens. Um, but, take uh, the win. Yeah, take the steal. Uh, but definitely I agree with you with a bit of concern with him going forward, even though he got the win this week. All right. So we're going to transition into our final segment here uh, about what to think about the storylines. And what I th- I'm sure all our listeners are thinking is, Daniel... You, last, you went through your reasons for tears, and, and you didn't mention the team that is averaging only 72 points a week in a year where we increase the amount that you can score. You're probably thinking, how the hell do we not mention Paul? Well, the reason we didn't mention Paul is because we're renaming our, our upcoming week storylines as Let's Help Paul's Fantasy Football Team. Because clearly Paul needs some help running a team that has any chance of winning. So we're going to look at guys in the free agent wire, guys who are maybe trending upwards that Paul may want to try and target and get on his team. So, Mikey, if you were Paul and you are managing his team, what would you do to make Paul's team better? Honestly, I would probably just quit fantasy football altogether. (laughs) Um, But all jokes aside, it is pretty rough for him right now. I'm just going to kind of break it down a little bit. Um, the players that he drafted, every single one of them outside of Barkley, who unfortunately went down, uh, has been underwhelming performances at the biggest rate. Like everyone is playing even below their ceiling. Stefan Diggs is playing below his ceiling. He's kind of dropped back into oh, that. Uh, sorry, uh, dropped towards the floor. He's kind of dropped back to that, like, uh, for Kirk Cousins, that like quick pick pass and drop like for three, four yards type of player getting really low receptions. Like Diggs is a huge concern for me for the season going forward. Allen Robinson, it's not even Allen Robinson in general. It's just that offense and Trubisky being a complete shithole and not being consistent at all. And it obviously affects Robinson. So Robinson's not consistent at all. Devontae Freeman is completely underwhelming as well. Uh, though Even though he had a mediocre week this week, uh, Howard, you know, it's not that Howard is a bad uh, tight end. It's just, again, it's not a a tight end or an offense with Winston throwing that you can rely on on a consistent basis to get big points for you. And then Breida, 
Breed is good, but then again, it's a crowded backfield there. Even with Coleman out, it's been pretty much uh, Breida, Moser, and this Wilson guy uh, running the show back there. Uh, so it's just like he doesn't have any solidified players right now. His bench is looking weak as well. And with Barkley out, uh, he has nobody leading him uh, to victory. Like there's not one person that he can lie on, on a consistent basis right now. I would definitely say for him moving forward, like he needs to pick through either free agency or sorry, not free agency, through the waiver wire, or, like a solidified like running back who can help him in in the game, he should have put up massive fat points for Goldman, which he didn't receive. Uh, I don't know if he put up any points, but he didn't get pick him up. Uh, or he has to make a trade. He has to do something here. He has to make some sort of trades. But it's really hard because at the state of his team and how they're all playing on their floors as opposed to their ceilings, it makes it really hard to make it a, a juicy trade for somebody. Um, usually people like to make trades on players who are playing on their ops uh, on their upside and are on hot streaks, and you make a trade knowing that they're going to be a downfall or a player. I'll give an example on my team, Devontae Adams, a player who has been underperforming, but you know he's going to pick it up because he's so damn good. He is built to be a WR, but unfortunately, he kind of doesn't have that on his team, right? So he there's a lot of worrisome. Like if he doesn't make transactions soon, he can easily be taking that butt hurt bowl away from me. I agree with you a lot that his biggest need is very clearly at running back. Uh, so I'm going to try and give him some hope here. I'm going to try and give some options to Paul for guys that he may want to target. Looking at the the, the waiver wire here, uh, transaction-wise, a lot of people are picking up Jay Ajahi, which I think might mean people hope that he's going to get signed by the Giants to kind of be their feature back, which, you know, at, with Paul's current situation, he may want to look into picking up Jay Ajahi. Latavius Murray, I dropped recently, and, you know, he may not have much going on right now in New Orleans, but he's probably a better running back than anyone else that's on that team other than Matt Breda right now. Darwin Thompson being part of the Kansas City backfield is never a bad thing. You always want to have guys, uh, you want always, if you're, you want any piece of the Kansas City Chiefs that you can get at the moment. So if you can get Darwin Thompson, I think that's probably a good idea moving forward. And hell, I mean, depending on his availability, uh, you could try and look at a guy like Gio Bernard as a handcuff, Naeem Hines as a handcuff, Dion Lewis, uh, TJ Montgomery. You know, now, now that uh, – or t- sorry, Tyler, Tyler, Ty Johnson. Now that I don't have carry on Johnson, I don't have to care about Ty Johnson kind of stealing touches away from uh, him. So we might want to pick up T- Ty Johnson. Or he's got some bit of strength in the wide receiver department. He's picked up uh, Demarcus Robinson – and DJ Chark, who have performed really well early on. So maybe he can find a way to trade from that slight position of strength there uh, and maybe try and get an RB3 for one of those guys to kind of shore up his ranks. Uh, so that that would be, if I was Paul, I might be looking to Andre to see maybe if I can convince Andre to give up a, a you know a running back for a wide receiver, uh, maybe talk to uh, Taras, see if he's willing to. But I don't know. It's I think it's going to be a hard struggle to to get uh, Paul a running back that could be worthwhile in the league this year. Yeah, it will be definitely a, a mixture of picking up a handcuff that might have standalone value. But right now in the market, in our league, there isn't really any running backs that are handcuffs who have standalone value. He's definitely going to have to rely on doing a trade. Or if he does pick up one of those, it's going to be straight luck that, you know, an injury happens and like, 
for example, Geo, that Mixon goes down again with aggravation and Geo takes the lead for a couple of weeks. Uh, it would have yeah. to be like one of those situations to kind of get him going again. But he needs to step up and do something now in the hopes that he can be in a position when Barkley comes back, he can still fight for a playoff position. Uh, because if not, then his season's going to tank before halfway through. So this is going to be a recurring segment for the rest of the podcast. Paul, we're going to really try and get you into the playoffs. We really feel like you need it. Uh, so everyone can look forward to that and come to chat about how to make Paul's team better. But with that, we're going to start signing off this week. Mikey, thank you for coming on the pod and finding time in your busy workday. Always a pleasure. And uh, hopefully maybe you make it to the playoffs and we can have you back on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my pleasure. It's always good doing the podcast again. I uh, definitely need to go back and work with my patients. But uh, looking forward to Devontae Adams getting 100 yards and two touchdowns tonight. And uh, we'll do that for sure. All right. So we'll be back here. Hopefully regular scheduled programming back on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back with you know, kind of a reactions to week four. But until then, everyone, keep crying. Mm-mm-mm-mm.